1209. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. So, Mike, I've got some news, an announcement that affects you, potentially. I'm on the edge of my seat. You are on the edge. See, absolutely. Today, my, my goal in life is to avoid meetings because, generally speaking, I don't know, stuff at meetings involves things that I, I'm told that I'm, they, I, they want me to do that I don't necessarily want to do. Well, this is going to be fun. Starting tomorrow, we are going to go live on Facebook Live for the first couple segments of the program. Um, on, I think the, the plan is to try to do it on an almost everyday basis. So when you are here during the news, you will at least partly potentially be on, on Facebook Live so people can see your smiling face and your you know, starch, freshly starched shirt and your tie and all those things. Well, I've always been told I have a face for radio, so I'm uh, looking forward to it, Jeff. I, I don't, but so that, that's exactly <laughs> it. So just, just spread the word around the news department that, you know, on an almost daily basis, and again, I, this is our plan. We're going to do this kind of as a trial run. We have gone Facebook Live on different segments. We used to do Pop Culture Corner and stuff, but we're going to try it out. First segment or two, generally speaking, probably between 12.08 when the program starts to 12.30 or so, we're going to be on Facebook Live every day. And of course, I can read and respond to your Facebook comments. Just another way to make it easier to take in WTMJ. All right. If you follow me on Twitter, it is at Jeff Wagner 620. You got an indication of where I was last night. And I, I admit I geeked out. As a general rule, I um I, I don't I don't if I'm emceeing an event or I'm at an event, I, I don't get my picture taken with the the person who's there. As a general rule, just because it's not supposed to be cool that you, you do that. Now I've made exceptions to that when Jim Lovell, who was uh, the Milwaukee guy, who was uh, the in charge of Apollo 13, when he was here a couple of years ago, I was emceeing this event. You bet I stood in line to get my picture taken with Jim Lovell, but in general I don't do it. So la- last night. Uh, my very dear friend Devin and I, he, we're, we're going to go to Canton, Ohio next week to see Jerry Kramer admitted into the Hall of Fame. But there was a special event in downtown Appleton. I was talking about this with Jerry Bader. It was a fundraiser for this mu- museum that they have in downtown Appleton. And as soon as I got done with work, ran out, picked up Evan, went by my house, took the dog out. And then we got on the road, got to Appleton about 530. The event was from like 6 until 730 or so in this wonderful museum in downtown Appleton. Got, it was very intimate. There were probably only, I'd say, 80 to 100 people there. And, you know, Jerry Kramer did this uh, very intimate conversation talking about the Packers' glory years. And afterwards, there was an opportunity to have your picture taken and meet uh, Mr. Kramer. And I, I took advantage of that. So if you follow me at Twitter, Jeff Wagner 620 you get to see me and my buddy Evan and, and Jerry Kramer. Um, just great. And I'm, I am, I'm looking forward to seeing him go into Canton. We were at the, the Brett Favre admission at the Hall of Fame a couple years back. And, uh, this is, he's got great stories about Vince Lombardi and stuff. If you are a Packers fan, this is, uh, it was just an absolutely great opportunity. And I loved, 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 loved downtown Appleton. As I was saying to Jerry Bader, it's been years since I have been there and it's not going to be years before I go back. I was just amazed at all the stuff they have going uh, on down there. All right. We have an abbreviated show. Oh, this was the other kind of cool thing. So we're driving back. We, we leave about 8 o'clock from Appleton, so we're driving back. So I'm listening to the ball game all night. And, of course, you've got the Brewers. They fall behind 4 to nothing after a three-run home run in the second inning. And you're sitting there going, oh, gosh, this is going to be another one that kind of breaks bad. And the, the Brewers... Come back with a big win. Got back in time to see it. But I was listening to the game most of the way back, and just just what a great win! A resilient team, and again, 
the uh, third game in the series against the Washington Nationals is this afternoon. It would be great if they could pick up this game. They're a game and a half behind the Chicago Cubs. It would be great if they could pick this one up because they've got a tough road trip coming up. Uh, they go to San Francisco and then to Los Angeles. As I said, coming out of the All-Star break, I, I think the, the two weeks, I think the Dodgers series, the National Series at home, and then the long road trip to California, it's kind of a make-or-break time of the season. I, I don't think the Brewers can can win the Central Division or necessarily guarantee a wild-card space over these next couple weeks, but I think they could certainly make their life more difficult if they didn't play well, and that's why today would be a great game. You can hear the coverage here on WTMJ. All right, before that, though, this is a story that started breaking yesterday, and it's kind of the culmination of, of where we have been going over the last several weeks. President Trump, following through on, I guess, campaign promises, in an effort to try to, I guess, protect the American steel and aluminum industry, announced a number of weeks ago that he was going to start putting tariffs on imported steel and aluminum. Now, part of the problem with this is we can't make enough steel and aluminum in this country. We don't have the facilities to meet all the demands. So as a result, we have to import stuff. But he indicated he was going to start putting ta- tariffs on you know, steel and aluminum. As a result, costs of stuff are, are going to, to go up. In response, Europe, China, South America have started putting retaliatory tariffs on things that we export. And it's been particularly hard in Wisconsin. They've gone after motorcycles. We've talked about that a couple times. Essentially, if you import a bike, a Harley-Davidson motorcycle made in the America, you send it to Europe. Now, as a result of these retaliatory tariffs, you're, you're going to have to, the consumer would have to pay about $2,000 more. That's crippling the market. You've also had agriculture hit especially hard. I was mentioning this yesterday. We have an incredible surplus of meat right now that warehouses containing frozen meat are, are packed to the gills because what's happened is you have all these farmers, they produce the meat and it's ready to be shipped overseas. Well, because of the tariffs, the retaliatory tariffs, people aren't buying as much of it overseas. They're finding other markets, and so we've got a surplus of of this. What do you do with it? In Wisconsin, the tariffs are, are hurting us. We make ginseng. We export cranberries. It's hurting us up and down the line. It's something that Scott Walker talks about. It's something that Ron Johnson talks about. So recognizing that, in particular, American farmers are getting hurt, what President Trump announced yesterday is, as a result of this trade war, which he previously said was easy to win, I understand that farmers are getting hurt. So what I'm going to do is I want to take $12 billion in taxpayer money, and I want to direct it to farmers whose harvests have been hurt by the tariffs. All right? All right, the tariffs are hurting you. I want to give you a bailout. I'm going to take $12 billion to do this. Well, on the one hand, I guess it has this appeal. You know, you, you, you don't want the farmers to suffer. But the question becomes, why are the farmers suffering? Well, they're suffering because of this trade war that we launched, in my opinion, stupidly in the last two months. Ron Johnson, who is a supporter of President Trump, Ron Johnson is out there in, in the most specific terms saying that this is, this is crazy. He says this is becoming more and more like a Soviet type of economy here. Commissars deciding who's going to be granted waivers. Commissars in the administration figuring out how they're going to sprinkle around benefits. 
All right, in other words, we've created this problem, and now we're going to give people money. We're going to pick winners and losers. 414-799-1620. That is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, a $12 billion taxpayer bailout of farmers hurt by the trade war that the president started. Is this a good idea? 414-799-1620. By the way, State U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin, she is in favor of the handouts to the farm industry. I don't think this is the way to solve it. What do you think? 414-799-1620. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's 1217. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 1220, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. And look, and don't get me wrong, I, I feel bad for, for the agriculture industry, the farming industry, in particular, you know, Wisconsin growers who are getting hurt by this, this trade war that's supposed to be so easy to win. I just don't think the answer is, all right, we're going to take $12 billion in taxpayer money and bail you out. What is the answer? Well, the answer is, let's get past this. Rescind the retaliatory tariffs. Uh, let's go back to a more normalized thing. Let's, you know, let, let's, if we need to renegotiate, you know, trade agreements, let's renegotiate trade agreements. But nobody is winning this trade war. 414-799-1620. Let's talk to Mark in Waukesha. Hi, Mark. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing? Good. What do you think about all this? Well, here's the thing. What I, what I would love to hear, and maybe I just missed it along the way, but Somebody needs to articulate what Trump's long-term strategy is with this. You know, I, I kind of I think the analogy is when Scott Walker was making a lot of the changes that he did, very unpopular, very controversial in the beginning, but they really proved themselves out, in my opinion, to be the right thing to do. Right, but we all so, saw the end game on Act 10. We, we all we saw where that was going, yeah. Right, right. So with Trump, with what he's doing now, um, you know, especially the way that, that he promotes it and what he puts out there is just, uh, it's really kind of hard to understand what his bigger vision is because if the end game is to really completely get rid of tariffs, then it sure seems like we're taking a rocky road to get there. Yeah, I mean, I think he would say the end game is to promote more fair trade. But what what's happening is, I, 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 what's happening is com- countries that trade with the U.S., are finding that they can trade with other countries without having to do this tariff. I think what's happening is we are actually driving people in Europe or in Canada or in China away from doing business with the U.S. They're finding other sources. And my concern, to tell you the truth, Mark, is even if this all calms down, will they ever come back and start continue to buy stuff from the U.S.? Or will they say, hey, we found a supplier in New Zealand. We like it. We'll continue to bring stuff in from New Zealand. That's my concern, the end game like you talk about. Right, and I'm just wondering if Trump, um, in his strategy or his philosophy, if he understands that this is a very high-risk situation. Um, thank, well, right, th- thanks for calling. You, you do, and see, what bothers me the most, well, there's many things that bother me, but we, we got into this, this issue because this is something the president was talking about when he was running for office, about aluminum and steel. The, the problem with this is aluminum and steel industries are a very small, 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 small part of the American economy. And the truth of the matter is, again, as I was saying earlier, we don't have the capability to produce all the steel and the aluminum we need anyhow in, in this country. So we have to import stuff. This was a it, it was a peculiar battle to me to pick 
over such a small part of the American economy, and now it's led to these ripples that are affecting everyone. Look, I am a free trader, and I don't dispute the fact that we have, particularly by China, been taken advantage of by some of their practices. But this is really, and I hate to use the cliche, but to me this is cutting off our nose to spite our our face. Uh, David in Brookfield. David, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, David. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you have to say. Uh, one of the problems that I have is because of the tariffs that have been established, the problem uh, particularly faced by the farmers is because of how fragile their economy is and how close to the best they have to play it much of the time. Mm-hmm. That um, We need to support the farm industry because uh, one bad year can destroy sure. uh, a family farmer. And I think we approached it the whole tariff situation incorrectly, that it should have been um, negotiated. Yeah, what you're saying is what, what you're saying is that we, we've we've screwed the farmers over, so now we have to bail them out because of this. Well, yeah, um, and I, I get it. Well, That's not a, yeah. And, um, you know, you had said the aluminum and steel industry that took such a small portion, um, and that's you know, I guess you need to choose your battles more effectively. Right. And also make sure that you have an extra strategy that yes. if this doesn't work, where do we go from here? And I'm not sure we have that all figured out at this point. And that's the danger of right. establishing tariffs. I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, free trade is obviously the best answer, but we also have to protect the American industry right. and particularly farmers of what's happening with their um, exports and things like that. Well, well David, yeah, absolutely. No, and Dave, thanks for coming. So I'm kind of up against the clock. I apologize. But yeah, no, and I, I don't disagree. I, but see, this is kind of the approach we have. And I applaud the president when I think he's right. I, I just I think he's been wrong on this one from the beginning. And I think a lot of people, a lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans thought he's been wrong as well. And, and this is the effect of this. So you go in with this Wreck-It-Ralph approach towards the tariff issue. You want to help aluminum steel? Fine. Now you've got the whole world hawked off, hawked off at us, not just at him, but, you know, they're using these things to make it difficult for American businesses to export stuff. And so now the farmers are hurting. So what's the only thing? It's, it's a bailout. And to me, what you got to do is we got to go back to square one. I think this was poorly thought out in the beginning. And I understand that, that Senator Ron Johnson is, is being kind of direct. But in a way, when you think about it, you know, he, he's right. I mean, now this is the thing. We're going to pick winners and losers. We're going to create these policies. It's going to hurt um, certain industries. But well, we don't want those injuries, industries to be hurt. So now we're going to bail them out. Maybe the reality is, given where we are, we have no choice but to do that bailout. But how did we get there? And how how do we get out of this mess? That's the issue. And I agree with our first couple callers. I'm not sure I see the end strategy here. What is the end game? And I don't know that there is an end game. And that should be disturbing. 1226, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 1229, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Brewers baseball coming up in just a couple moments. Maybe we'll open up the phone lines on this tomorrow. The story, the Milwaukee Bucks dancers, the Bucks dance team. Apparently, they have decided, and this is, of course, uh, this is we live in a world of political correctness. Um, it, many of the dance teams sex sells, you know, and and they have 
the, the dancers come out, the NBA dance team, they come out and they're in sort of skimpy outfits. The Bucks have decided to buck that trend. The Bucks have decided to, to go the other way in kind of a nod, I think, towards political correctness to an extent. You know, we, we don't want the women to be seen as sex objects and things like that. So they are coming out with costumes that are less revealing, show less skin, and tone down their sexy routines which is interesting because, again, that's not the trend in the NBA. The Bucks they can be trendsetters. I tell you the truth, I, I never thought their outfits were particularly skimpy or the routines were particularly outrageous or over the top, but they're moving the other direction. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether this happens or not. Bottom line is, if the team wins, nobody's going to care what the dancers look like one way or the other. It's 1230. I'm out of time. Let's head to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Here's Melissa Barkley.